in Yetiv Lev, Parsha Shmois, this week's Parsha, as would be Pasheret, Tav Yud Tes, in this version, on the Pasuk of Vayokam Melech Chodosh Al Mitzrayim Ashalayodas Yosef. A new king was appointed to um, Egypt, got up in Egypt, Ashalayodas Yosef, who didn't know Yosef. So this, you will see, is going to be perfectly in line with the Baltanya's stress and emphasis on the importance of Simcha. Okay? Says the Eight of Lev. The Eight of Lev was authored by Rabbi Kisil Yehuda Teitelbaum, was the son of the um, Yismach Moshe, one of the classic Chassidish Shesvarim, Hungarian Chassidish Shesvarim. So he says as follows, Vayemel Amay. Pare says to his nation, This nation is stronger, is mightier than us. You'll all remember, it says in Pasha Shoftim, with regard to the uh, laws of going to war, when you come close to the war, everybody knows, Vahaya is a Lashen Simcha. Anytime the Torah uses the term Vahaya, the language of joy. Okay? So, one word is going to ask, you're going to war, what's the joy? Vahoya will take place. If, the, if anything, it should say Vayihi. Vayihi is the language when you're in trouble. So he says, The Torah is trying to tell us, Even when you are at war, specifically and especially when you're at war with a Jew must be with a heart full of joy and trust in God. Continues the Pesach, the Kain will approach. And he says to the people who are going out to war, listen, Yisrael. Yeah? Shema Yisrael. Pirish Rashi. So Rashi says, what's Shema Yisrael? She says, even if the only merit you have, you blew it totally, you're avaryonim, you're sinners, you're, you've, you've done all kinds of stuff. Even if, Rashi says, even if the only merit you have is the merit of the recitation of Shema Yisrael, do not lose hope. There's additional copies there in the copy, I believe. Because Hashem, your God, is walking with you. Don't allow yourselves to lose trust and hope. Rather, rejoice and be full of hope. Then the Pesach says, Hashem What does it mean Hashem is with him? So he says, Chazal say, the Shechina does not dwell where there is melancholy. Only in joy. The Sifri says that when the Torah uses the language Hine, it's also the language of Simcha. The Pesach says, Hashem says to Moshe Rabbeinu, Aaron is going to go out and greet you. And he will see you and go and he will rejoice. Now, look what he says now. 
So what does that have to do with our parsha parsha shemayis? V'zeu shenem avayyemel amay says the eighth of leib. Parai says to his nation, Hine loshen simcha. Behold, Amnei Yisrael, Rav Atzim, a man of this nation, is stronger, is mightier than us. What's the source of their might? What's the where does Klal Yisrael get their their kayak from? Parai says, What do we do with these people? Shame besimcha. They're always besimcha. They're always joyous. And from that joy, that is the strong, that is their strength, that's where they're drawing it from. They said he's stronger than God. They are strong, they are strong, from him they're drawing their strength, from the Divine Shalaivam. Okay, now skip the parentheses. So what is his Eitzah? What is What do you do with the people? You can't get them to get down on themselves. They're constantly rejoicing, even when they're battling with evil itself. Says the Pulsar, Pari says, Hoven is we got to outwise them. So he says, Vahaya, he continues, Loshen Simcha, Kisirganim What do you do with these people? It's Vahaya, even when war comes. These stubborn, weird people, Shem Besimcha, that rejoice, Gam even when they're at war. So what do we do? We normally translate the Pesach means, He too will be added to our enemies, referring to the Jewish people, meaning other nations are going to come to do war with us. And Klal Yisrael is going to join them. Says no. If Klal Yisrael is joyous, then even he, capital H, is going to join us. So he says, That refers to Al They're going to join our enemies. Who are the enemies? Klal Yisrael. We're lost. There, God's going to join the Jewish people because they're besemcha, and and that's it. So what do we got to do? There's only one eitzah, says Pari. So we got to put upon them agents in order to afflict them. Says the Eitz of Lev. What kind of affliction? The way to get the Jew is to break him and to get him depressed. You get him depressed, as the Balatani says here in Perik Chavav, then you own him. Then you can do what you want to him. The problem was, says the Torah, the more they tried to oppress us, they just exploded in greater joy. The Jews are a strange people. They became just disgusted. There's no way to beat him. You afflict them, you make them happy, they're lost. This week's parasha. Very comfortable. He couldn't now. be Basimcha, obviously. Who? Parai. <laughs> right. Now, tonight is the yard site of the Valedniker. Who is this Valedniker? The Valedniker is. Oh, there we go. Here, pass these around. Who? Machiach is also. I think it's also tonight. I drink that whole thing. 
Now, Yelenikar was, his name was Yisrael Dov Bear. Um, he is the, in the original Sharblat, it says, Ha'echad Hamiyuchad. He was the one unique one the, of the disciples of the great and Kadesh Rabbi Shalkobani Agayla, the leader of the entire people, Ramot Chim and Chernobyl. So the Valenica was the prime disciple of Ramot Chernobyl. He also promised that anybody who would come to his grave and would even touch the doorknob of his oil, he would intervene on their behalf. And during World War II, numerous people ran well. to his oil, and everybody who went was saved. There were miracles upon miracles upon miracles. Now, his Sefer is a Shver Sefer, and it's, what's fascinating is that after the... Um, he had a very strong Kesher with the Talmidim of the Mitla Rebbe, of Lubavitch, even though he was nowhere in their neighborhood. And as you'll soon see, this Mimer is going to be a mirror of what we're learning in Perikovov. And in the original print, the one that you guys are using, it says, this is what I found in Venedlik among the Rebbe's handwriting. Okay? In my copy, it says, look in Sefer Migdalais, printed by Krachabad, that this mimer is really not from the Valedniker at all, it actually is from the Baltani himself, and it's printed in Mamari Admarazokin in Yonim Omichin Aleph. So, I'm not 100% sure that this is even from the Vladnik, although it's printed in Vladnik Sefer. How something from the Baltani would have gotten to the Vladnik, I have no idea. There should be five copies to share. Two sides. They were completely in different areas of... He was, one was in, in Russia, and one was in... Uh, this is different. Were they contemporary? The Baltani... How many copies are there? No, this is different. No, it's not. Shavis Yisrael, that's what we're learning. This is also Shavis Yisrael, but this is a different, a different thing. Remember, how many how many do you have around? There's just two? Two pages, five pages? No, there should be five. Oh, you have five copies. Let's share. Share, guys. Be nice to each other. Thanks, guys. You guys don't have a copy? So run off another copy there, please. Okay. Says the Valednika, start... The Yois Eitzitz, like three lines from the bottom over here, and um, this is Shar Aleph, Drush Gimel, and Drush Gimel on the first side. The Yois Eitzitz to find the solution for all this. Okay, listen, open your hearts. Okay, we'll go through it quickly. These are familiar concepts that we've just had. Well, the Yois Eitzitz Let's find advice. In this whole matter, and he really deals with some really fundamental issues here. Originally, the Almighty placed his Shechina in the celestial world. Until Avram came, and he brought Hashem down one level. Then Yitzchak came, brought down another level. Then Moshe Rabbeinu, and so on. And then the Gemara, the the Medrash there says that until the Besamekdash was built, and the Kaddish Baruch Hu came all the way down. And then when Klai Yisrael began to sin, we banished the Shekhinah. So he asks some really fundamental, but he says, Ad Moshe Rabbeinu Barit HaShekhinah Lamata L'Aretz, 
What's going on here? What kind of term is this that we lower, we bring down the Shechina? The entire world is full with Hashem's presence. And even before Avram and Maisha came, no, up on top here, even before Avram and Maisha came, the Shechina was on the earth also. So what did they accomplish? What, what difference was there? What is even the what does the terminology of Shechina mean? Let's use man himself as a parable to understand this. Just like every human being has a soul. And it suffuses, it fills the entire body. But the main dwelling place of the neshama is in the mind. And from the mind, it spreads to all the limbs. So too, HaKadosh Baruch Hu fills the entirety of the world. And he gives life and sustenance to the entirety of the world. However, when we're talking about Hashem's divine presence being sensed or felt in all creations, we understand that just like in the, in the human being, the original place of the dwelling place of the Nisham is in the mind and it spreads, so too on earth. There is a main place and it spreads. Originally, when the Bismigdash stood, so the main dwelling place of the Shechina was in Yerushalayim on the Temple Mount in the Holy of Holies. But now the Bismigdash is destroyed. All Hashem has in His world now are the four cubits of Allah. For this reason, when a person toils in Torah or a person does mitzvahs and he does them without ulterior motives and extraneous thoughts, Rak, listen carefully. How do we bring Ashuras Ashkhina to our actions? Rak, Bikavana Zois, our intent needs to be. That the letters of Torah that we're studying should become receptacles. Just like the base of Migdash was a kli, it was a vessel to hold the Shechina. So too, our words of Torah, our mitzvahs should become a vessel, a beginning place of Ashras Shechina. Az for certain, the Shechina will dwell in that activity. Kemai, for instance, B'tzitzis, when, when we put on our tzitzis, U'tzvilin, and our tzvilin, Im'heim k'sherim, if they are kosher. U'b'tzvilo, U'b'tzvilo, and in our davening, and in our studying, Im layasa zeli garmei, B'shvil shehiya tzadik. You hear what garmei means? If we're not learning, we're not doing mitzvahs in order to become a tzaddik. Rather, we're doing it 
Here's the definition. Gorgeous, just a gorgeous definition of what the right reason to do it is. Rebbein Shalom, I want to create a place for your Shechina to dwell. That's the correct intent. <coughs> and that's how we fulfill, he's continuing what he spoke about before, of the meaning of to do good. Even when we are preventing ourselves from doing something evil, we do it for this intent as well, meaning, what we're doing is for the sake of bringing the Shechin into this world. We all know that if we do something wrong, we know for sure when we do a sin, when we do, when we violate, the Shechina cannot dwell there. Because you can't have me and the garbage in the same place. How does a person arrive to be able to really want the Shechina? We know that if there is no foundation, the building can't stand. I feel the Messiah might come You can put up the building a hundred times. If there's no foundation, the building doesn't stay up. So what is the aside? What's the foundation? The foundation is humility. Okay? Pirish. Any person that wants the Shechina to dwell in his life, he's got to be crushed. Okay? That is to suffer a little bit. At least once a week. And again, this is probably different than our times. One day, choose not to eat until midday. To have a day of humility. And then he says a very practical thing. Think about what were, to what was the person a chariot? Meaning, each person has two souls. Nefesh HaSichli. We have an intellectual soul, a godly soul. From which comes the desire and the intellect to want to serve God. And then we have a Nefesh HaBahamias. We have an animal soul. From there comes all appetites and all of our lower Midas. We also understand that there are um, chambers of holiness and there are chambers of the dark side. The Kedusha is those things, those makifim that envelop the mind and above. From where Seichel, there's no good translation for Seichel, comes to the mind. Every one of us is a vessel. Now listen carefully. We make a decision. What are we opening up our minds to? 
Are we opening up our minds to the godly channel? Or are we flipping the channel to the lower self? We make the decision what we want to be a clea to. <laughs> do we want to be a clea? Do we want to be a receptacle for holiness? Or do we want to be a receptacle to our lower selves? If the person is constantly thinking about his godly self, his Torah and mitzvahs, and he wants to connect to Hashem, then the whole body becomes a chariot to his higher self, to the Seichel. Right? So now, when the person sits down to learn, is Mishnah. So let's say he's learning a Mishnah. Then, and he's opening himself up to that world of spirituality. Then, Mishnah is associated with the world of Yitzira. Depending on which channel you flip to, that's where the Seichel is going to come in. But if the person is constantly thinking about other stuff, whether it's desires, parnasa, or he's busy with money, or all other things, then he becomes a chariot to that world and all the stuff that comes along with it. This is not so much fun. And even if they are permissible tibis, we're not talking about forbidden things. We're talking about things that are permissible to us. Straight out of Tanya that we've been learning until now. Even those chambers of Even the world which is permissible still belongs to the camp called Noiga. Yeah, this is incredible. Even the angels, the lofty, holy angels that are called God's eyes, those angels that are appointed to look after us, when they come back to their, when they come back to home base, after a day's work, they need to immerse themselves 365 times in a fiery river because of the rotten stench of having interacted with beings of this world. What's clear from this is even when they're dealing with the permissible stuff upon which they were appointed, they need to immerse themselves. For this reason, when a person thinks about where was my head all week long, and we analyze, was it Merkava the Kedusha? Were we a chariot for the holy stuff? Or was we totally entrenched in the opposite? And the majority, and we do an analysis, and we recognize that our heads were mostly in the other stuff, not in the holy stuff. It will arouse in the person a sense of regret and a bitterness and a a uh, yucky feeling, to put it in scientific terms. Because <laughs> we think about the fact that we took our neshamas 
and we made our neshama a chariot for that shmutz. V'zeo shivcha kisirish kivirta. It's a pasuk in Mishlei. The maidservant becomes subservient. The the opposite. The the mistress becomes subservient to the maidservant. So the result of that contemplation will be that a person will do tshuva. And he's going to get angry at his body. Like the language is the Gemara and Brachas. You got to get the Yetzir Toiv to get upset with his Yetzir Let's get to leave the person feeling with a sense of bitterness. Because without this, his heart is tzibrachin. This is what a person is supposed to do at Krishna Shalamita. We discussed this in that Tfilah. The person says, "If I made a, if I violated the letter Yud of Hashem's name." All four components of human action. Okay, now. So if a person really goes through this, they are going to end up with a broken heart. And Baruch Hashem, today's day and age, we're not so worried. It's very easy for us to get Sabrachim. That's... It is, it's really, we have, <coughs> that comes to us easily. After some time period, then we need to take and recognize, Hashem is compassionate. And he wants to exceedingly forgive. And Hashem is constantly making all kinds of plans so that no person is ever permanently pushed away. And after all, Hashem's true desire is to dwell in a lowly person like me. That's what He wants. He wants to have a dear B'tachtoinim. Hashem wants to dwell in a place which is flawed like myself. So all week long he's going to rejoice ultimately because of the struggles, not despite the struggles. This is the passage we just learned in Tanya Perikovav. Because from the brokenness comes the joy. What's the advantage of being broken? The joy that follows. Meaning, the more a person recognizes how broken they could be, to that degree is there greater joy when they recognize that HaKadosh Baruch wants the daf to dwell in a place of brokenness. He will rejoice in the fact that HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants. He created us human with our human desires, with our passions, with all of our flaws, because that's where He wants to dwell. He'll accept upon himself not to do any more sins. So that he won't be a he will no longer be a chariot for those forces. Once he says, I'm not gonna do that stuff anymore. 
then he can enter the world of doing good. Then can dwell in his letters of Torah and Tefillah. Okay, now. So he goes on with this theme, again, of, of um, this angle being that everything he does is for this purpose of bringing the Shekhinah into his actions. Now, take a look at this page. Here, pass these around. I think there's a few more of these. So this is at the end of the Sharis Kashrus. You have that there? Yep. Where is it? Very top. Right at the top of the page. And with regard to depression, sadness. And this goes to the second half of Perikovov. The second half of Perikovov said that if you know, the person's going to claim that his depression is about spiritual matters, well then designate a time for it. It's not, if it comes to a person while he's trying to serve Hashem, it is not from holiness. Because that doesn't come when a person is trying to serve. Okay, now look how he says it. With regard to sadness, when we get up to serve HaKadosh Baruch when we get up to Davin, when we put on our talis, our tefillin, and we make Kiddush, whatever it is, the person is not allowed to have any, any sadness at all. Because what we're trying to do now is to cleave to Hashem. So to serve with Atzvus is an oxymoron. The purpose of service is to have Dvekas with the Shechina. Where the Shechina doesn't go, where there's sadness. So if, if a person's going to get up and do a mitzvah, where the entire purpose of the mitzvah is to bring about Hashraz HaShechina, Doing it with sadness, with atzvus, is ridiculous. This is a deep uh, solution to get rid of depression. Quite the contrary. The more flawed a person is, he should have greater pleasure... Shemelech Godel Kamayu, that a great king like Hakadosh Baruch Hu, Yirtzeh Davka Lode Betachtaynim. Davka wants to live in a low place. Bidova Shafek Kamayu Adam, specifically in such a low thing like the human being. Ubevaday, if a person recognizes that not despite his flaws should he be a Makam Hashras Hashchina, but because of his lowliness, therefore he is the ideal place for Hakadosh Baruch Hu to dwell. For sure, he will be able to cling to Hakadosh Baruch There is no greater joy, incomparable joy, than the thought, than the joy that a person recognizes that a lowly, finite, flesh and blood human being can be dovik to Hashem. We got Bzais Aitza Shitiskaim by Simcha. That's an Aitza that the Simcha should continue to endure. 
This is very dangerous. A person should also accustom himself when he gets together to rejoice with other people. He gets together with other Yidin to drink some beer or some mashka. What should a person think about that? It seems to be such an antithesis to serving Hashem. What are we doing when we take a drink? We want the body to be able to become happy. So that the seichel, the mind, will be able to rejoice as well. Because if the body and the soul are working against each other, it's not going to be good. So you get the body happy with its mashke. And then the seichel is able to rejoice with its dveikas basheh. For sure, the body is never going to rejoice with the joy of the seichel. If he makes the body happy with some alcohol, then the body will go along with the joy, with the joy of the nefesh as well. After all, it says that joy requires wine. Says the it carves out a space. The Yayin, Tirash, is able to carve out a space to be able to receive the joy of the, of the soul as well. So if you want to get the body to be able to rejoice along with it, you make the body happy with its stuff. And that's how the always explained the eating of Shabbos and Yantif was... You make the body happy with its physical stuff. The Siddur Shabbos talks about it. And then the Neshama is able to rejoice with the Ruchnias. So you got one big happy, one big happy being. <coughs> Just to conclude, right? <laughs> Just to conclude with some info here about this, this mysterious Aladnika. So they bring several very fascinating stories that he had with the various... Um, Tzadikim. So he says, the um, Yid went, there's a say to Lukute Avram, who writes that he heard from the Ridbaz, he used to go to the Tzavach Tzadik, that there was a uh, fellow who had a, um, a Kretschmer, he had one of those inns, and another guy came and offered the uh, the graf, the puritz, more money. So he gave him the rights to the inn. So this poor Jew was down and out. Anyway, so people gave him a eight. So this, this Valenica was a tremendous Balmaifis in his time. He had all kinds of miracles that he performed. So they said to him, go to the Valenica, and they gave him a letter. The townspeople gave him a letter where they all signed his name, their names, that they know that this guy is an el and that he always treated everybody well, and so on, and that the Valadnikah should intercede on his behalf. This guy didn't have two, two nickels to his name, so he wandered from town to town. He came to, like, one town before Valadnik, and he fell asleep. When he fell asleep, a guy came and stole his... his... zekel. So, the letter that he had was in the zekel. What is he going to do? He's going to come to Valenica with empty hands. Valenica is not going to believe him. So he said he remembered the letter by heart and the people's names. He took out a pen and he wrote, he wrote up the whole letter 
and he knew how to do it. And he signed everybody's names. Anyway, he gets into Vladnik right before Shabbos. And the Vladnik by the Tish is saying different Torah. And he begins to scream, He shoma lecha pen. The Pesach says, Guard yourself lest you do anything. And the Vladnik began saying, A Jew needs to guard his pen. So this fellow I'm began, famous. yeah, he began to tremble that the Vladimir knew what was what was going on. So he said, oh, please, that's ridiculous. I didn't do anything wrong. I wrote a letter. The letter was a kosher letter, and I just imitated the letter that was written. What did I do wrong? So the Vladimir starts saying, and anybody thinks that the Rebbe doesn't know what he's doing is a maharach rabbi, and that's like being Maharach HaShchina, somebody who, who, who second-guesses his Rebbe. is like somebody who's second-guessing the Shechina himself. So this fellow said, that's ridiculous. I didn't do anything wrong. And plus, he's not my Rebbe. I'm a Rebbe. I'm a, I'm a disciple of the Tzemach Tzedek. And, uh, you know, I just came here because of convenience. So he said, so then in the Dibitur, he say, and somebody who thinks that they're a Maharach, that they're not a Maharach Rabbi because they have a Rebbe somewhere else, is even a worse Maharach Rabbi. So the fellow had terrible harata about his head, and, and, and he says he doesn't know the end of the story. But he just remembered this part that the Vladnik was able to be Teufus, this guy's Machshavis, step after step after step. All right, next week we will continue with Perik Chav.